1: Welcome to the Football Writers Podcast. My name's Mike Calvin. I'm joined by Adrian Clark, the Tactical Analyst, and by Tom Hopkinson of the Sunday Mirror. Preseason is winding down, so who's had the best summer? I'll get the ball rolling by suggesting Chelsea. Frank Lampard is the symbol of organic change. He's the first English manager employed by Roman Abramovich. There's a chance now, the homegrown players and coaches. Is this transfer ban a blessing in disguise,
2: eh? Well, time will tell, won't it? We don't know how Chelsea are going to fare results-wise. It's definitely a blessing for Frank Lampard. It's a perfect time for him, isn't it, to take charge. He's the right fit at the right time. So um, I don't subscribe to the, th- the theory that he's got a complete free hit because I don't think any manager ever has a free hit, don't they? If, if things go badly in terms of results... Chelsea will have a difficult decision to make, but I don't think they would be afraid to pull the plug. He has to deliver results. But uh, but for him right now, the opportunity to blood young players is exciting. I think he's got the courage to do that. And he's got a pretty good squad to work with, hasn't he? I think when you break it down, Chelsea weren't in desperate need of a whole host of new signings. I think they need a front man, don't they? But aside from that, I don't think the team needs too much tweaking. So Tom what do we learn about
3: Frank Lampard as a coach and a manager in his spell at Derby? I think the the most important aspect of everything he did at derby was that the positivity he brought to the team in terms of the attacking football completely changed the style of football that derby fans were used to watching uh, he, he reduced the uh, average age of the squad considerably as well and uh, i know from speaking to friends and family who have season tickets there it, it was it was night and day in terms of what he delivered uh, from from previous regimes um, it, it was a, a brand of football an attacking football that that excited the supporters Um, Didn't always work, but because uh, in terms of results, uh, but because it was better to watch, like Aid said, you know, you talk about coaches buying time. uh, The better brand of football allowed him to do that. And I think one or two Chelsea supporters, uh, I know uh, the suggestion is that he'll play more of a 4-2-3-1 formation uh, with Chelsea, whereas it was 4-3-3 at Derby. And uh, I know the Chelsea supporters were getting on the back of Maurizio Sarri for the type of football he played. But what I imagine we'll see from Lampard is, is that you know that he will deliver a kind of football to Chelsea fans that that they want to watch, that they are excited about. I, I disagree with age slightly. I do think he'll he'll get seven or eight months maybe before any dissenters really come in because I think Chelsea supporters, uh, A, we know what they think of him, but B, they do understand that there is this situation with the transfer ban. But um, actually, I I think it might have been a year too soon for Lampard. Uh, He was in a situation where he had to take the job. It's the perfect job for him. Um, but I just think back to the, the playoff final and I think maybe there was a, a tactical mistake not picking Jack Marriott in, in, in the biggest game of his career to date. And my concern is that maybe in the bigger Champions League games this year, has he has he learned when to make the right substitutions? Does he have the confidence to oh, pick the I watched side a lot of right
2: Derby time? last year and they didn't particularly play well any time. I saw them live in the flesh. But what did strike me was that his in-game decision making was definitely questionable. I'm not saying it was poor, but he didn't. Well that's understandable. A that's right.
1: a it's a natural right. part of the apprenticeship
3: of course he was in his first year of management and that's what I'm saying I just wonder if another year and whether he, he'd have had the chance to have two or three months or well it's not even two or three months these days mm-hmm. is but a few weeks after the playoff final go away on holiday think about the decisions he made not just in the playoff final over the course of the season and then go back to Derby work with a very similar squad I know he'd have lost one or two um, but, but look there are a lot of positives as well uh, that, that we've not mentioned in terms of the play and personnel Mason Mount uh, he did a great job with and he'll get him at Chelsea. I'm delighted to see that he'll get a chance within the first team squad at Chelsea this year. Uh, Tammy Abraham as well, I think it's, it's, you know, it's going to be an exciting season for Chelsea because we saw the way they loved Callum Hudson-Odoi last year in terms of singing you know, one of our own, get him signed up and, and I think they'll really, the fans will really be able to get behind the spot. Yeah, that because that
1: positivity, well. everyone loves a homegrown player, and if, you, if you, you extend that, I think there are six former first-team players involved in Lampard's support team. Yes. So you've got three coaches who've come up through the academy. Mm. That's why you know, I called it organic, because mm. what you've got then is people who understand the culture of the club, and equally, there is goodwill. How far does goodwill extend?
2: <laughs> well, it- like you say, it will buy you more time. And uh, if results don't go well initially, then everyone will stick with it longer than they potentially would with an overseas boss that's come in, of course. Now, I think there's so much to be excited about if you're a Chelsea fan. It must be great to have all these Blues, legends, back involved, former players and the coaching staff. So, uh, and I'm sure that the environment that Lampard creates, because he's a smart guy, isn't yeah. he? And he's a winner. He's, been, he's learned from some great managers. I'm sure he'll create a, a fantastic environment for the players to thrive in. But ultimately a lot of their success or otherwise will come down to his decision-making. Mm. And at Derby, his decision-making was hit and miss, I would suggest. So So we'll wait and see. I think, uh, yeah, his team selections will be fascinating to watch. I don't think he'll automatically pick the kids. I think he'll only pick them if they're, if they're performing better than the established players. I think a lot of that
3: will depend on the start because obviously if, if you, you, know, you put the kids in to mm. begin with, and, and you know, he's not going to play 11 children to start with, is he? You know, but he might play one or two. And if results and momentum build then that's great. But we all know in the Premier League, the pressure is on to get those results. And if there'll be a real first-day first focus, won't co- there? If you lose the first couple yeah. of games, then then the obvious reaction, mm-hmm. whether you've been in management 20 years or, or you're, you've been in one year, will be to stick with the lads with experience and say, right, you need to put that platform, yeah. that base in. But it's, it's going to be very interesting with Lampard because we saw Ali Gunnar Solskjaer get off to a lightning start with Manchester United when he came in. Then all of a sudden results turned against them mm. didn't do so well and one or two start questioning it and and you think it could well be a, a similar situation with but Lampard. that's what
1: makes the opening day fixture so so it's, enticing His two, it? it's
2: it's two best kids though are, are unavailable aren't they for the first in my opinion the two the two you can hang his hat on the two that should probably be first team regulars Hudson-Odoi and Loftus-Cheek they're not around at the moment so mm. so that is an issue I'm I'd like to be proven wrong on, think, I, on Mount and Abraham and, and the others, uh, to Murray. I just feel they've still got some way to go before they can make a positive difference. It's, got a, sure. it's, it's a big
1: season for Abraham in particular. He's actually got the nine shirt, and that has a weight, doesn't it?
3: Uh, it does, yeah, as has been proved. And, and I think uh, I know Stan Collymore wrote a, a, an article, a column on it uh, last week. You know, when you look at the lads who've done really well for Chelsea in that number nine shirt in recent years, Drogba and Costa are the, are the two. Yeah different kinds of players, you know, very bullish, big. Brash, brutal, hard centre forwards, and I'm not sure Abraham has got. He's got the size for it, but whether he's got the strength, you know, for that defenders will bounce off him as those two had, and and, and almost the the nastiness. I mean, I'm probably looking for a, a harsher word than nastiness <laughs> because those two had it, and, and and that's what made them such great players. But I think I think look, the, the, what's key to say about Lampard? Anyone who's had any dealings with him uh, from from our side, from the media side, he's been brilliant with us over the years. When he was a player, and his first year at Derby, he's excellent. He's great to talk to. And, and it, I think we would really want him to succeed. Um, not just for him. I, I, I spoke to Tom Kearney at Fulham uh, on Friday for uh, an interview for our paper on, on Sunday. And, and he was saying, you know, Scott Parker, breath of fresh air. And we're talking about Stephen Gerrard as well at Rangers. You know, it's so great to see these lads who were England internationals coming in and, and transmitting the information that the likes of Ancelotti, Mourinho, uh, Scolari, Hiddink have passed on to them over the years. Yeah.
1: And I think what's interesting is that Lampard and and the club, by extension, are already looking to the future or the sort of medium term. Ethan Ampadu, Mm. who I think's got a huge talent, Mm. he's going to spend the season at uh, Red Bull Leipzig. So they're beginning to look beyond, well, what what do we do after the transfer?
2: Yeah, some of these decisions that they're making uh, are interesting. I think a lot of Chelsea fans would agree with it. I think Ethan Ampadu is good enough to be involved in the Chelsea first-team squad now. But ultimately a full season playing regular football in the Bundesliga will will help kick him on much quicker in my opinion so, so I think that's a really smart smart call from Lampard other players have been loaned back out already he's made calls to, on Bakioko and Drinkwater he's, he's given them a chance hasn't he in pre-season he's given them a look and he's decided he's made those tough calls to say actually I've had a look and it's not for me so, so look so far so good and, and I think the performance has been okay in pre-season as well let's look forward to A year, if we can, Tom. Uh, You know you follow the transfer market very
1: closely. I'll give you a hypothesis here. Wilfred Sahar Mm. probably won't want to go to Everton, north-west. No disrespect to Everton. He's a London lad. Give him a season at Crystal Palace with the proviso that he's already signed for Chelsea following the transfer ban. So, in other words, he has a season's grace at Palace. He says the right farewells. Then he goes to Chelsea.
3: That viable... Yeah, uh, hugely. Yeah, I know Matt Law wrote the story in the telegraph last week, um and, and it was one of those where you read it and I mean Matt's obviously very well mm. connected anyway, but with any story you read it and think, mm. can you see that happening? Yeah, and, and that one hundred percent. I mean it's clever business for Palace, it's clever business for Chelsea, um, even mm. though they have no other choice but to put a transfer in place for a year down the line. Uh, but it has it's similar to what happened with Eden Hazard, wasn't it? You know, look, give us another year. It goes on at football clubs all the time. Give us one more year, let us get our ducks in a row and, and then you know, you go with our blessing and i I think i think for palace they will get uh, a better deal out of it i think for wilf he he, his first spell in the northwest went terribly for him and i know he's more mature now he's a better player he's he's uh, more of an adult in terms of the way he conducts himself off the field but that will still be in the back of his mind it's not big
2: enough step up is it everton i mean it's not what he's when he made the statement when he made the call i want to leave crystal palace he didn't he didn't say it with Everton in mind, did he? Well, he no. Said he said it, he,
3: I mean, he said Champions League clubs, didn't he? But you know, you wonder whether he said it with Arsenal in mind, and and mm-hmm. yet Arsenal were. I think, so. I think were, he just it, meant big six. Uh, yeah, I, I, I understand that. But I think I look at Everton and, and Leicester, and I think with clever management and clever recruitment, they can be mm. top six sides. You know, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has got a lot to do at Manchester United. He's got. He's obviously got a better squad. Of players than either Brendan Rodgers uh, or Marco Silva have got at Everton and Leicester, but he has to make it work this year. And I think there is a a, a top six place up for grabs. I think Arsenal. Uh, there is a chance if things don't go, if they have a little spell in the season where things aren't going for them at all, there's a chance that they're vulnerable in terms of their top six position as well. So you know, I, I do think Everton. I'd understand. To a degree, it's a step up from Palace, but you're right in terms of the real step. If you're going to leave somewhere where you're a cult hero and you want to make that massive step up, then then you would be looking for yes. one of the big yeah. boys.
1: You, you were at the Emirates yesterday. Yes. They'd see Arsenal. Obviously, follow the club really closely. Mm. Where are they with what?
2: Eight ten days to go. Not where they want to be <laughs> in terms of the recruitment. It's been a more positive week. I think Danny Ceballos is a great acquisition or potentially a, an exciting. On, ball, on ball that, by the midfielder. way, we're talking about a seventeen. Well, a reportedly, a seventeen million euro. Loan fee? Yeah, I mean, that's I don't extraordinary. Know. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it sounds a lot, doesn't it? I don't, I don't know. I don't know the truth in that. Is, or is it
3: extraordinary these days, though. When you when you think about well, the principle when, isn't, but that when, I've never seen that. that sum. The, the, what would he be in the open market in terms of transfer? Let's say you offered him a, a three year deal, four year deal, he mm. would probably be looking at somewhere north of fifty, you know. And, and mm. so the amortisation of it all.
2: It, yeah, it, it's makes sense. It's a gamble of sorts because he's a young player. He's he's not had a full season with Real Madrid. Mm where he was able to shine. Stylistically, I think he's a good fit in terms of he gets forward and breaks into the box like Aaron Ramsey would. Very comfortable on the ball. I like his ball carrying. Arsenal, since they lost Santi Cazorla, have not had someone in the middle of the park to break the lines like that. And 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 I think that he'll he'll add that to the team. So that's good. Nicolas Pepe would be fantastic. I mean, it would give Arsenal a fearsome strike force, wouldn't it, if Aubameyang Lacazette and Pepe. So that's brilliant. Um, it's at the back.
3: Mm.
2: And, and, and and the There are big holes there. Saliba's one for the future, but they need another centre back now, and they need a really good centre back now.
3: You've seen more of Mavropanos than I have, but yeah. I've always really liked the look of him. And I wonder if, with a, a good, you know, whether he needs— to, I know he's been injured, but whether he needs yeah. to go but somewhere on loan. I ready. think that but,
1: he's going to go on loan. Yeah, isn't by the like a of year it? in
3: Germany might be perfect for him. But I think long term, I mean, and Rob Holding, the partnership that he had with Socrates at the start yeah. of last season before he got injured, very. You know,
2: Holding and Socrates impressive. is the first choice partnership. And what about Callum Chambers? Uh, Callum's done pretty well in pre-season, he, and he did. Well in the game against Leon, to a point, but ultimately uh, his marking for the first goal was, was was disappointing. So, so I don't I don't think he's the answer. I, I like him as a player; he's a, he's a good squad player. But Arsenal need to be aiming higher in terms of the quality of their central defenders. They need a left back. I do like Tierney. I just desperately hope they can get that one over the line because I like Tierney because he's got the qualities an Arsenal fullback needs. He can go forward. He's got a good left foot. He's also strong. And, he, and he's snappy in the tackle, and he's a, he's a defender, and Arsenal don't have enough defensive types, unfortunately. If the Gunners had what I'd regard as a, a really solid back four, it would catapult them into, into I'm not saying title contenders, but it would make them almost nailed on for third. Because that is all that's missing. They, they will score more goals than most teams. So we all know what needs to be done. But unfortunately, Arsenal seem to have left it pretty late in terms of getting the, the most important pieces of business over the line. I still
3: think the, the one player who really excites me this year for Arsenal is Grandouzi, yeah. a year in the Premier League. Mm-hmm, and I, yeah. I, I you know, I've said before to you, in, in Singapore pre-season last year, you, you, know, you just saw that he'd got everything in the locker to be a really top quality mm. Premier League player. And I, I think you a know, year on, again, a bit more maturity about him
2: what about the young Brazilian, Martinelli? Yeah, he's raw. He's raw. He's rapid. Uh, Gabriel Martinelli is so quick. Reminds me of Theo Walcott in terms of his electric speed. He scored a goal that was disallowed against Leon. He scored on the tour of the US. I don't. I think we'll see him in the Carabao Cup in the, in the Europa League. I don't think he'll be involved in too many Premier League games. Eddie Nketiah has been the, the standout sort of young forward of pre-season. Uh, missed a good chance against Leon unfortunately but, but he's, he's kicking on nicely really classy player actually everything he does his movement his touch is, is excellent so he's one to look out for Reese Nelson is playing well I think he he's got a chance of, of getting a lot of game time this year and, and Joe Willick is the player that I think is almost the most ready of all the, the youngsters. And I do think they'll get a lot more chances this year. So watch out for Joe Willock. He's a player that sort of plays centre midfield, but will break into the box at will. He's got that knack of getting shots away inside the box. So of um, Lampard-esque almost. A little bit, yeah. it's um, He plays in the same sort of role as Ozil. And he's not in the same class as Ozil yet as a footballer what he does that Mesut doesn't is he gets into goal-scoring positions. So, um, and for that reason, I think that he would get opportunities under Emery. I think
3: what's quite exciting about, you know, just in the general chat that we've had so far, when you you talk about the youngsters that we've mentioned at Chelsea, you know, I'm talking about lads like Mason Mount and you're almost forgetting the likes of of Loftus-Cheek and the fact that they're, Blossoming at the moment. You talk about this Manchester United as well. You know the, the likes of mm-hmm. Gomez and Greenwood being uh, and and it was about four or five of them, aren't they? Um, all been linked with playing in the first.
1: Oden at it City.
3: It, it, it's so exciting that yeah. you know all these youngsters are.
1: Let's look to, at United, Tom, <laughs> if we could, because you know if we if we think about the United tradition, youth, pace, width, adventure. Now you've got someone like Romelu Lukaku who's been almost asked to play as a link-up centre-forward, you've got wide players who have come in, like Daniel James, speed, ability to deliver
3: across. Do United need to rediscover who they are this season? Uh, Yeah, I mean, they've needed to rediscover who they are for probably the last seven years. (laughs) Um, And and I... It was always going to be really hard after Sir Alex Ferguson left. And I think even now, I don't think we should lose sight of of just how difficult it is when a dynasty comes to an end to evolve it or, you know, whether there's evolution or revolution. It's just very, very difficult. And we we all know, you know, we've been in the game long enough to know that clubs work in, in cycles. It's just how it is. Look at Liverpool, you know, had to drop off for almost... Twenty years, give or take the odd huge trophy here and there. You know what I mean. And and I, I think so. I think there is a lot of uh, rediscovering to be done at Manchester United. And I just think I don't know whether they'll do it. And I know with Pogba still there and with Lukaku still there. I, I, I think they need to get rid of them. Um, I don't I think they will. Uh, well, I think Lukaku will, they'll they'll they will if they can. But whether that Inter Milan deal, uh, everything I've heard in the last few days was that there were issues with it. And and Inter, as much as Conte wanted him, uh, the the uh, people above Conte not necessarily willing to go higher than I think it was right. the fifty four million that that they would sanctioned. I mean, look, these things these things change as the the window gets closer to the end. But um, I, I think with Pogba, I just think it just hasn't worked um, as commercially brilliant as he is I think whether it's this summer or next summer maximum they need to get rid of him and I I think that the whole club just needs a lift I think it needs Rashford needs to be given his chance through the centre and as you say you know with the likes of Dan James feeding Rashford I think I just think that excitement that that would bring again it would it would buy mm -hmm. the players more time to get rid of the likes of Pogba and Lukaku who a lot of fans have grown tired of.
1: Are we in a bit of an Arsenal situation with Manchester United in terms of
3: they, they need to address the defensive failings they've had. So in that sense... It's not just Arsenal. It's Arsenal and Chelsea. The, the, all of them, they're, they're, those three of the big six, are all in a tra- big transition yeah. period.
1: So in that sense, yeah. Harry Maguire, yeah.
2: should United just say, look, how much do you want and pay him? <laughs> <laughs> he is the type of player they need. They need des- character. Need, really good desperately character. Desperately need a good character. Desperately need a, a tall centre-back that's dominant, that's... Got leadership quality, someone to shake the dressing room up as well. Because I think he's got that personality where he would, even though he'd be a newcomer, I think he would change the dynamic quite quite a lot inside the dressing room. So yeah, I think no, he's a quiet leader,
3: isn't he, Maguire I think be... he's like, I think he's like, you know, someone who gets on with everyone, and he's very matey, very easy to yeah. talk to. But but you know what you're going to get from him. You know you're getting that solid slabhead as he calls himself, <laughs> central <laughs> defensive. He,
2: yeah, he's, he's a nice guy. I, I do think that they should pay the money, but. In the same breath, I'm going to contradict myself here. I, I, I think the price is ridiculous. Mm. I, I actually With don't the think...
3: to the price he was. I, I don't think
2: he's an exceptional mm. central defender. I genuinely don't. and, I, and I, I really like him. He's good on the ball. He's a, he's a good defender. Mm. I don't think he's ever going to be a great centre-half, in my opinion. It, it feels like they need him now, but I don't know if he's... He, he, in the years gone by, I don't even know if he'd have got into the Manchester United side. That, that's where I'm placing Harry Maguire. But I guess that tells us where Manchester United are at in terms of what they've got mm. at the back. They've got a good right-back now. I think they should be happy with Luke at left-back, a couple of centre-halves. And someone in the middle of the park... It's just going to add that structure to the team. I don't trust Matic. Matic is a guy that blows hot and cold season on season and Pogba is, is not the answer. So, um, so yeah, there are big holes to fill at the back. Looks like the, the deal to bring in
1: uh, Milinkovic-Savic from Lazio is, is edging closer. Yeah. Is that a light for light with Pogba, you think?
3: yeah it would be um, I, th- I think very much uh, united have been bracing themselves in the last few days for real madrid um, i'm sure we'll get onto gareth bale's situation at some yeah, point yeah. because it's an incredible story but uh, i know that united uh, were were feeling that if if bale uh, left madrid in the next couple of days that uh, they would then come in with the big money for uh, for pogba so yeah it would have uh, the milinkovic-savic deal would have been a straight replacement for him but uh, lazio don't want to lose him think the world of him um so whether that deal now uh, it's been scuppered by Bale's situation. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. As I say, look, the next, the next few days we can tell you one thing one minute and then <laughs> yeah, an yeah. hour later everything's changed. Yeah. But, um,
1: well, we might as well grasp yeah. that particular nettle and, on, and Gareth Bale. Yeah. <laughs> it seems China is now well, certainly um, the club that he was going to. They've already signed a, a Croatian okay. and so therefore pretty much that avenue's closed for him. You know, There was still talk that that would be an, a vehicle to get him to Inter Milan on loan. Mm-hmm. What about Tottenham?
2: <laughs> I haven't got a clue. I mean, they're, they're just you—you you have to look at the, the the numbers and say they don't add up. Really, I mean, Spurs. Well, what
3: would have, have to happen have to is happen. that Real
2: Madrid would have to finance
1: the wages. I, I don't they? even
3: know that he fits into that. Tottenham side, though, either the, it doesn't where, feel yeah, like Pochettino desperate to have him. No, it. Would, would he be would he be an upgrade on Son the way he plays at the moment? I mean, yeah, if, if, yeah. I, if you lose Eric, Eric well, it's we, easy to we, say. I know, I mean, no, but with I mean, him out
2: of the team, it's easy to say that Bay Bale, not the player he was. You look at his age, thirty. Every time I watch Gareth Bale, he scores. No, look, he,
3: he's, an, mm. he's an incredible footballer, and <laughs> I, I, I'm not saying, but I just mean in terms of the team fit. Mm. Does he fit into the team as well as perhaps one or two? I mean, look, he'd be an amazing player to have in the side, and, yeah. but. I, I'm. I'm not sure. To, I think. Well,
2: I think Man just United. Saying, I think. I think, I think with I with Real Madrid wanting uh, wanting Pogba and and United surely interested in Gareth Bale um, as a, as one of the forwards because he obviously can play down the middle or as one of the wide forwards and he's after pace, isn't he? Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. We know United have got. It's, a, it's no. Not, no major salary cap is there at Old Trafford, so <laughs> they can go quite big. Oh, that is the most logical destination for him. If You've he's already got a player
3: at five hundred grand a week, though, in that yeah. same position and not not right. playing, you know, exactly. so even United after to... he's, he's kind of stuck, isn't he? By I, I, I think I think he stays feel, in Madrid. Yeah. I, I think he does. They were quite clear. From I mean, this has been ongoing since April. This situation, and he and his team were quite clear back then that unless. Um, somebody came in and offered him more than the six hundred, six hundred and fifty thousand yeah. pound a week he's on at Real Madrid. He's going nowhere, and, and uh, you know we had this conversation, Mike, towards the end of the season on on the same sofa. And and I said to you then, if Zidane, you know, it doesn't work out for him. In, in the next six to seven months, then all of a sudden Bale is back in the frame with another two years left on his contract in a city he loves living in, a club he loves playing at, and uh, with a lot of golf courses. Where course the fans don't like him, though. Well, yeah.
1: <laughs> does, does that matter? But I've always found him really self-contained. I think all that goes over his head. What? And what? I think also, you've got to look at Zidane here, his manner management has been appalling, <laughs>
3: particularly for someone who's been a player. I, I mean, yeah, I yeah. find that you know sometimes uh, with Mourinho, you sort of think, well, look, his style worked very, very well for a number of years, but did he always get what it was like to be a player? Zidane, even even if you know we know what an incredible player Zidane was, he was brilliant. Probably was never treated by any manager the way he's treating Bell now. But he will have seen teammates who have had the Madrid treatment, where the club decides they surplus to requirements. We're moving you on. They start leaking stories to marker. They're, they, you know, the manager starts talking. He will know what that does to a player. And I, I, I oh, I, savage. It, it was it was unnecessarily it awful,
2: savage. Yeah. Done, yeah. Uh, uh, lot, most footballers are on at one point or another on the receiving end of a manager that doesn't like them, and and, and often they will try and force you out. That's exactly what they're trying to but do. At, but at
3: least do it privately, and you know, it just be be honest to your face. Yeah. Do it privately. I mean, he's, he's not not that he's not being honest about it, but yeah. I just think there are a way. I, I think he could have handled. With, it with a lot more clarity. yeah it's
2: disgraceful absolutely disgraceful and Bale, to his credit hasn't bitten on it has he publicly he's just kept his thoughts to himself and got on with it i feel incredibly sorry for him he doesn't deserve it
3: no. Sorry as you can feel for someone on... <laughs> That's not yeah, sort of right, funny yeah, with but that but many Champions League trophies. Basically, basically you know, well, now, are, well, well, all Real Madrid
1: are
2: doing are trying to get out of a contract
1: yeah. extension that they, that
2: they willingly they gave him 100%. a year ago. Many people are having a real pop-up bail saying, does he want to be a footballer? Is he just happy to play golf? Bloody, bloody, where's his ambition? I'm not having that. No, I'm because not. i Because I think it's a negotiation uh, position on his part to say, well, I've got a contract. I'll go and play golf. I think that's a normal thing to do. As you're part of your negotiation, he doesn't want to. You only get one career, and it's not his fault that Zidane hasn't taken a shine. Also, to him. If, if
3: the three of us were were in Bell's position, we'd won four Champions League trophies. We'd ach- we'd won the La Liga. We'd achieved everything there is to win in the domestic mm. game, mm. Um, and and the chance wherever you go, it's going to be a downward step. Now. Conservatively, he's got over hundred million pounds in the bank. I would have thought from wages, from sponsorship. What, what, what is the incentive? You know, do you say, "Well, I've been doing this for twenty years." You know, maybe it is time. Maybe I just want to play. In the golf. same I breath. If I, to to I, you, yeah, I if I was to say to you, "If
2: I was to," I'm your boss, and I'm potentially going to cost you tens of millions of pounds in a contract. I'm trying to force you out. I'm saying you need to take a pay cut that's going to cost you tw- 20, £30 million pounds for you and your family, your mm-hmm. future generation yeah, family. Yeah. You're not going to take that, are you? No, You're no not absolutely. going to like that. No, that. It's like, like
3: a show near Arsenal. I mean, you know, I, 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 think, I think clubs... Fans so often get behind clubs in these situations because there's this... There's, it's always been the club is bigger than the player. Mm. It doesn't always work like that, you know. Bale, pay up. Bale, Bale has done nothing wrong. He signed a contract that Madrid offered him and, and now they want to get rid of him before that contract's expired. He's done nothing wrong.
2: They have to offer him a
1: pay mm. but they won't. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a harsh world, as you know, as you know Will... Let's go back to Tottenham and and Toby Alderweireld. Are they teaching him a lesson?
3: Because I I'm amazed that he's still there and yeah. you know for 25 million. It would have been, why, I mean, I,
1: why so, didn't it? Why so hasn't me, he moved? The,
3: the only the only reason United must have. Passed on Toby Alderweireld yeah. for me as his age and, and the fact that you know, they're maybe looking at Maguire at 26 and, and saying mm-hmm. well you know, we sign him for 4 or 5 years whereas how long has Alderweireld got left I think he, I think he would have been the signing of the summer if United have picked I, I, him up
2: it's, it's the great mystery yeah. of, of this summer's window why no one came in for Toby Alderweireld unless the message is from the player that he wasn't interested in yeah, going yeah. It, might, it might be that he just wants <laughs> to run his contract down and then it will line something up that lines his own pocket mm. a little bit better and the
3: argument with Pochettino that kept him out for a long time that has all been sorted now so you know he's playing again regularly so again yeah I think Aid's absolutely right if, if he thinks well look we reached the Champions League final things are going well I'm playing regularly I'm happy to sit it out for another year and then pick up huge money somewhere else then Ooh. yeah that's the only. That's the only explanation.
2: Are they ready to kick on, Tottenham? I don't know. It's a really difficult question because I didn't think they could kick on last year with the same players. But, but you know, by virtue of the fact, if you don't bring anyone in, how are you going to get better? But they did well. You know, they got to the Champions League final, and and Mora was was an improved player, wasn't he? Um, and Dombele definitely improves their weakest department. I thought in central midfield last season they struggled badly and he will improve them hugely in my opinion. So so that's a big change. I think they, if they stay at about the same level, I think that, that, is, that is relative successful. What about the idea of, of Paulo Dybala coming
1: in alongside Kane and you can see a deal being done because Juventus are quite interested in Eriksen it yeah. seems. So there could be some sort of...
3: I, well, I, I think I think Eriksson's really interesting because you know we've we've said all along that if Spurs don't start winning things mm. fairly soon. That the players doesn't matter whether it's Harry Kane, Deli Ali, who it is, they are going to start looking at other people, other clubs, saying other uh, international teammates and saying, well, look, you know they're winning, they're getting paid. Mm. Carl Walker was the prime example, got paid better elsewhere, but also winning trophies. And I think Ericsson has started to look at it and, and he's quite shocked people at Spurs because he said no, it isn't really about the money I'm just ready for a new challenge yeah. I want to go and do something else and from what I understand people, some people at Spurs haven't been able to get their heads around that whole idea um, the, the Dybala one's interesting I mean he's obviously been linked with Manchester United a lot over the years um, and, and so for Tottenham to come in it would be a very good sign and it would perhaps yeah. show where they are in the the pecking order yeah. that perhaps now uh, as things stand there they're a more attractive proposition than going to Old Trafford but yeah. I do find it odd Because of the way Spurs have set up, the way Pochettino's had them playing for the last two, three, four years, is with Harry Kane as the focal point. Now, are you going to completely change that and have a a front two rather than... He often had a front two last year. You know, I know he... Yeah. but, But... you're not going to be the number one striker
2: in DiBala. No, and Moore has made a claim to be that, well, and so has yeah. Son. Um, they're, they're blessed with some good, good forward options, aren't they, Spurs? I, th- I think in the fullback department, they're looking a bit vulnerable. I'll be honest, Trippier's gone. I know that Spurs fans didn't think he had a great season, and he, he probably didn't. But he's still, I think he was their third most creative player from open play. They'll miss him. Yeah, they will. Um, fourth, in my opinion, Got a lot of work to do. I know he's a player of promise, but
3: I was down at Bournemouth last year when he, when yeah, he came, exactly when he came. On, I, I commented kind of, on that game. I, I, think, was it? I, I mean, think that was the first time, time I ever gave someone a one out of to someone next to me. I don't feel bad about this. If but he's, well, if he's
2: going with him, I mean that that's a gamble. And and, and Rose was his first pick. It so was the end of last season. Yeah. He looks like he's going to go. So something strange going on there.
3: Um, Walker Peters as well. Is he ready for Premier League week after week? And and as you say, fourth... well, if he isn't now, he probably never no, will. Be. Well, they need and, to find and, out. And I, I think you know he would have wanted if if Trippier had stayed, he would have wanted to go out on loan and I think that would have really benefited him but yeah. with, with Foyth I think it's a bit of a kick in the teeth for Walker-Peters as well because you've got someone who is a natural central defender mm. coming on ahead of him and that, that tells its own
2: story. Well, on Erickson very quickly if they do lose him they are losing their most creative player by a million miles because you think about your Sons, your Morris, your Canes really, they're not door openers. When you come up against stubborn opposition, they don't often find those, those, those they don't slip those passes into the box that create goals. I think numbers-wise, Eriksen is far and away their most creative talent. So if he goes, they'd have to replace him with someone very special indeed. Otherwise, they'd go backwards. Mm. Let's look at maybe some of the newly
1: promoted teams. Aston Villa have been insanely busy. I think it's 10 players since I last checked about half an hour ago. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, there are obviously people saying, "Oh, is this going to be Fulham Mark II, just spending a load of money on players? I don't really know whether they're going to gel, or is this understandable ambition and a sign that the club can almost like reassert itself?"
3: I mean, we have to point out there's some absolutely great names in there and yeah, the lads yeah, that they're saying Marvelous, headmar, head- <laughs> Mar- <laughs> yeah, headline writer's dreams. But uh, look, I, I you know I mentioned earlier speaking to Tom Kearney at Fulham last week, and one of the things that we talked about that. I didn't mention in the piece was was the, he said it, it felt like the squad never clicked because of all the new signings last year. Um, you know, he said we, we'd had these partnerships the year before when they played some great football under Ilicanovic, uh, and he said all of a sudden they were broken up, and it felt like everyone came together the day before the season started. And he said as a team uh, we, we just never really gelled. And and I think you know history has taught us that when Tottenham went out and spent the bail money. Signing that many players, it's very, very difficult to bring them all together to get everyone singing from the same hymn sheet so quickly. But it's a double-edged sword because you have to do it when you get promoted to the Premier League. And in Villa's case, they, they'd got a very good side last season mm-hmm. in the Championship, but they hadn't got the depth. And, and it, had so it's, it, it had to it, be it, done. It had to be done. They weren't good enough. It's very tricky.
2: And, and you have to take, take into consideration they've offloaded. Eight to ten players, and a lot of them were good earners that just weren't quite, they're were aging. So they had to find replacements, they just found fresh faces. A lot of the guys have been on loan already, mm. so and Jota and is only making the short trip And across Dean the Smith season. knows a few of them. And from they've his done past, it early, they? they've not done it on, on deadline day, they've done it well in advance of the season. So I think there are a few differences between Villa and, and Fulham. It's, it's two, I think two, two it weeks well last. in
3: advance. I mean, we, we're not. You know, oh. I, I know when you come up via the playoffs, you you do naturally. Well,
2: five, five or there, six but. them came in a, few, a while back, didn't they? Yeah, and yeah. then and then we've had a little influx now, but it's mm-hmm. still two weeks to settle in. I think it's I think it had to be done. And and no, centre I, half, I agree, it
3: had to be done. But I'm just saying
2: they're upping. Yeah, centre half Engels yeah. and, and cons, so I think we'll add competition for places. So um the, the guy up front, I've, I've done a bit of analysis on him, Wesley Marais. He looks 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 decent. Yeah. Um. Probably is an upgrade actually talent wise on. On Abraham, I think he'd be well suited to Villa, but there is an unknown there, and that's that he's come from Belgian football. It's a big old step up.
1: Talking of unknowns, um, Mm -hmm. or do we know about Ravel Morrison? Now, he's being signed by Sheffield United.
3: Is he in the last, last chance saloon? (laughs) uh no I'd, i wouldn't like to say that because he's, he's been there and thereabouts for the last few years and <coughs> he, he still keeps and and this is this this is the thing with Ravel morrison he is such a good footballer that he will keep getting opportunities because every manager will look at him and think i can be the one to get the most out of him i remember him i remember watching him a little bit at, at west ham uh, and on his day just a wonderful player to watch um but it's the mental side of it with him. Uh, I know he's grown up again, player who's matured over the years. But there is he is he fully focused on his football? One day might be, the next day who knows? And and that's where the problem will always be for Ravel Morrison. If if Chris Wilder can get him, can get into his head and get him playing the way he can, I mean, I don't think he'll ever be the player that we. He could have no. been. No. Uh, but if he can get him to play to half of that potential, then he's got a very, very good signing. And I, th- I think what's interesting with Wilder, I know uh, he's, he's brought in Lise Mousset uh, from Bournemouth as well, but he had gone very much down the route. And he, he told a lot of agents this at the start of the summer that he wanted to go down the route of uh, the Burnley took, a very English core to the team. And uh, I think Phil Jagielka is a very good signing. And I think I think for Ravel Morrison, perhaps the relationship that he has with Jagelka off the field... Uh, will be very important for them because, you know, if he, can, if he and the rest of the lads can manage Morrison off the field, then on the field they could have a good player on their hands.
1: Mm-hmm. Norwich, it seems to me, also are, are just doing it almost by the book in terms of offering longer contracts to the players that got them promoted. A couple of players they brought in who the manager knows from German yeah. football. Uh, the one that intrigues me is Patrick Roberts. You know, £12 million from Fulham to go to Manchester City when he was a dot. Um, <laughs> Again,
2: is this, after a couple of loans, is this his big season? Yeah. Will he get enough game time? That's the question. Because um, he's up against some stiff competition, isn't he, in the forward areas. And Norwich was fantastic mm. going forward last year. It's a great move for him, I think, mm. for Patrick Roberts. Opportunity, like you say. And if he, if there are injuries, he'll be given a chance, I'm sure. And, and then it's down to him. But he's not a kid anymore, is he? So he has to take this. Otherwise, he's probably destined for a career in, in the EFL, I guess. So... Uh, yeah, I'd be fascinated to see how he fares. I just feel it'd be pretty much the same team from Norwich. I think a lot of the new signings will be uh, beefing up the numbers. Really, they'll be on the bench. Um, can't wait to see Pookie, Steepham and these guys, Frančić in the top flight. Arron's um, down the right hand side. Looking forward to, to seeing how they fare. I think they're going to
3: surprise a few. I think, I feel a bit for Patrick Roberts because he was almost four or five years ahead of his time because if he was coming through now, yeah. he would be off to the Bundesliga and yeah, he and would he be getting yeah. the sort of opportunities that, that the likes of Sancho Nelson have had and his career would have blossomed. Well, but, what has happened to him really in terms of goals? I, and, I think it was the Manchester City yeah. effect, wasn't it? You know, yeah. and, and same as you think of all the lads coming through at Chelsea. That, you know, again, managers, particularly when it's short termism from the clubs. I know City have put, you know, it's, it's a more long term approach in with 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 Guardiola. But um, was was Roberts when he made that move? Was he ever really going to get into the City first team? You
2: used the word men- mental strength there with, with Morrison. It's the same for all players, of course. Yeah, yeah. like that, that's how you. That's a gauge of how well you're doing your career. He's clearly got the ability, but sometimes young players are amazing, aren't they? I mean, their teenage years up to twenty twenty one it's kind of easy to be good at that period because you're fearless, it's all new, it's fresh, it's exciting, you get let off by fans because oh, he's only young. When you get into your 20s, your mid-20s, suddenly you, everything's expected of you. You're, you're the, the, the guy that's supposed to be carrying the team. Not everyone can handle that you, you kind of You spend more time uh, on this subject than
3: and, and I. You know, yeah. my, you know that, that whole 18, 19, making that step, being the star of youth team football, so academy football, so making that step up. And it's not about making it, because, you know, a lot of players get a chance, get, you know, Josh McEachern, mm. you think of it, Chelsea, and they come on the scene and you, you, you're sort of blinded by how good these and how fresh these young lads are. But it's making it to a point where you can do it week, week, exactly, uh, week, after, yeah. week after week after week.
1: And under immense scrutiny Absolutely. as well. So if you look at scrutiny this season, there will be huge scrutiny, as always probably, at Newcastle. Steve Bruce has he made the biggest mistake of his
3: managerial <laughs> career? Well, I, I, I borrow a, a phrase that age used earlier. I mean, time will tell because it, it could be it could be a great move. Okay. Um, I mean, it's, it's going to be look. It's really very difficult for him because Rafa Benitez could do no wrong at, um, at Newcastle, uh, and I, I like Rafa a lot. He's been when I've dealt with him in the media, he's been an absolute joy to deal with because he plays the political game with his own. It doesn't matter what club he's at, he will play a very political game, and that's. Great fodder for us, you know, yeah. it, it, it keeps us all in print. But there are things he does wrong. You know, Rafa Benitez, you know, he, he's not he's not a saint. And I think Newcastle fans think that, you know, there is this sort of what did saintly... You make- Sorry, what did you
1: make of the the Mike Ashley interview? You know, great a great get by uh, Mike Samuel brilliant in the get, mail.
3: Yeah, yeah, and, and I know I know it came on up for a, a lot of uh, criticism because oh, you know, you, you didn't counter certain statements and ask certain questions. Look, it, it it was it was a cracking get, and that's you know that's what we are there to deliver as journalists. We're there to get the best interviews we can get for our mm-hmm. papers, and to be able to ring your editor and say, I've got a one on one with Mike Ashley. He's going to you know, give us 1,500 words of his thoughts on things, mm-hmm. I'll deliver it, and and, and and so, you know, you can only take your hat off to the job. He he did, and I, and I thought Mike actually addressed some of the issues very, very well, and, and uh, you know, all, all he can do, all you can do as a, a journalist when you're interviewing someone and then writing that interview is, is portray their thoughts. So you're interviewing that person, so mm-hmm. you're giving them the thoughts. Now, Rafa Benitez, I think, did an interview with uh, George Culkin in The mm-hmm. Times as well, didn't he? he gave his side of the story so you can the best thing to do you know is not to go off on one about oh you didn't ask him this you didn't ask him that put the two interviews together and then I would imagine the truth of everything that's gone on was somewhere in the middle yeah <laughs>
1: Mike Ashley said in that interview "You could be at Newcastle United forever <laughs> Um just winding up the fans isn't yeah, it <laughs> yeah do Newcastle need to have a partner in the ways just to, so that can, everyone can move on. Right,
2: only if it's to the right right person. We've seen it in the EFL, haven't we? I mean, you sell to some real rogue owners, and then things can go far more pear shaped than they than they have at Newcastle. I mean, they are still in the Premier League. Uh, yeah, I just look at the team that Bruce inherit, has inherited, and just think it's a really average team, don't you? Yeah. They've lost their best players. Iosu Perez was was the class act there. And uh, Ron, as was Rondon, Rondon so, so, so goals, it? Joel, Joel but, but Linton,
3: Linton. I mean, no, it could, again, Guy could. We could be sitting here in a year's time saying, Do "You know what?" I'll
2: tell you what. We won't be sitting. Good here. Good we won't it. be sitting here in, tw- in twelve months' time saying. Hey, wasn't Joel Linton amazing? Golden boot winner, 2025. 20, <laughs> go- he ain't going to happen. No, but. but <laughs> he's got seven, seven and, last year. Yeah, but, yeah, but,
0: yeah but.
3: Newcastle, Rondon wasn't the golden boot winner. You know, Newcastle aren't operating in the same level it's as a str- an yeah. or a Kane. He's a sick.
2: strong guy, Joel Linton, who brings others into play well, carries it, he'll score the odd goal. He's, he's a fine addition, but you can't come ahead around there. he really? Yeah, yeah. we we Can
1: we wrap all this up by just looking at the two teams who are in the. Community Shield game next Sunday uh, Manchester City and Liverpool Mm. let's start with City you know we've talked a lot about transfers and strategies it seems to me that they've cracked it one in one out so you've got Rodri coming in as a long term replacement for Fernandinho it seems simple is it?
3: what well, it's simple now because they put such good foundations in place um you know there were summers gone by when they spent big money on on several players um i mean you know they went out and spent all that money on bravo didn't work so they just went out and spent a lot more money on a replacement for him and an upgrade so so city have done things very very well but they've done very very well with the means that they've got the incredible means that they've got to do it um i, I think i think manchester city and liverpool are the only teams in the premier league who are in a position of stability at the moment we, you know we talked a lot at the top of the show about uh, arsenal united and chelsea spurs are in a sort of mm. weird in between, there uh, are the their other top six rivals, but I, I just think going into that game next week, there's just a whole lot of positivity from both sets of supporters. It's it's you know they they couldn't be in a, in a better position. Um, the the one the one issue I have got, uh, which I would like to draw attention to, is the comments from Klopp and Guardiola about the amount of football in recent weeks, which I completely agree with them mm. about. There is way too much football it's saturation point it's a 13-month but season stop yeah. taking your teams on pre-season and post-season tours because you can't complain you can't have it every which way and but
2: the marketing guys won't allow them to do that
3: will they no they won't uh,
2: no it, yeah it is ridiculous the, amount, the miles are putting. i'm really looking forward to seeing Foden's development this season yeah. i think he's a really exciting player i mean amazing quotes from from Guardiola i mean he was fibbing, wasn't he? I mean, yeah. he's not the that's most to talented players that's work to with. I mean, Lionel Messi has to be. Um, so he's, he's bigging him up too much there. But I can't wait to see him. And I think he'll get a lot more game time. Uh, they're in a great place, City. Wonderful team, of course. Um, but company will be missed. Having that character in the dressing room, having that 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 wide, wise presence and a, an a aura, a guy with a big aura as well. I think he'll be really missed. Um, so that's how they adapt to that is one thing. I think that a fallback that they're, they're, they're weak. Um, Zinchenko and Mendy are good going forward. Not great defenders, and, and Walker for me went backwards last year. I think he's a player on the wane. So before they close of the window, if, I, if I'm Guardiola and I've got the money, which I assume they have, mm. I'd be going for a right back. Might be Danny Alves, I guess. A, a right back and a centre half for sure. Noticeably have stepped away, haven't they, from the Maguire chase? Which is interesting. They just won't. Publicly. They won't pay over the odds. So they just won't I, do it. I,
3: I wonder with Walker whether we might see him have a better season this year because fresher, you know, given the World mm-hmm. Cup. Yeah, maybe. Year, you know, and yeah. I think that definitely that, there was definitely a hangover for one or two of them. But I think likewise, I, th- I think this year where his company, undoubtedly huge, mm. huge miss from the dressing room. But I think there are still one or two in there. Your Agüeros and your Silva who can balance balance that out. Next year when Silva goes. You know, you're down to just Aguero, who's been there for so long. And it's it's rejuvenating and rebuilding that team will will be one of Guardiola's greatest feats. Mm. What
1: about Liverpool? You know, the the air raid silence are already going off. You know, they lost to to (laughs) Napoli in Edinburgh yesterday. Surely, you know, no one takes that much notice about a pre season friendly, do they? And should we take notice of the community shield?
2: If I'm uh, Liverpool's opponents in the first few weeks of the season, I'm happy because they're not quite ready. And that's only because of circumstance Mm -hmm. with, 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 Mane and Salah at the African Cup of Nations um, Firmino the Copa America so they've just not been involved and when you've three strikers are not fully fit and ready for the start of the campaign that's, that's an issue isn't it um, yeah they, they don't need too much work do they a, a creative midfielder um, one other forward in my opinion to replace Sturridge as a backup um, but, but yeah I, I just think they've been dealt an unlucky card in that their, their, their entire strike force haven't been with the team, not great. Who mm. do you expect to come through at Liverpool
3: this year? That's, that's such a good question. Um, I think it'd be I think it'd be really tough for players to come through at Liverpool this year. You know, because Brewster maybe. Yeah, I mean, Brewster's been very impressive in in pre season, hasn't he? And 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 uh, I know it's the the James Milner interviews talking about Brewster were I thought quite enlightening. You know, talking about how he, uh, he needed the rest of the lads around him, what confident young fella he was. I mean, obviously you need that to be a goal scorer, but how the rest of the lads, you know, help him keep his feet on the ground. But I I think even given the fact that the the three forwards are, are away, I don't know whether Brewster will get as many chances I, I i i yeah i think I think really you're probably looking again to the likes of gomez to kick on i know these are lads that are already established but 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 i think that's more what we'll see they'd the
2: left back don't they as well really to cover robertson yeah 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 i'm surprised they haven't signed anyone but yeah really interesting obviously set vandenberg sent the half 17 i think and harvey elliott 16 mm. they're the two signings so yeah. they'll be strong strong reserve side won't they they're pretty winning the, 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 the young
3: french lad whose name escapes me uh who's done very well in pre-season as well yeah. hasn't he a lad i think he signed from the half Um, but again that that team it's like City it's so established that there might be the Carabao Cup games there might be one or two games here and there as a substitute but I I don't think we're going to be sitting here at the end of the year I might be wrong but I don't think we're going to be sitting here at the end of the year raving about someone who's really become the fresh young face of Liverpool
1: Okay, just a final
2: point very brief Who's going to win the? We know it's not the be all and end
3: all yeah. of the
1: season,
2: but who's going to win? Yeah, the city, future? city, yeah. yeah. The the, the goal, Sterling, Sane, these guys, uh, De Bruyne, they've been involved throughout preseason. They're looking sharp. Liverpool just a bit light light at the moment with the, with the star bodies. So I'd fancy City strongly. Yeah.
3: yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that purely purely for that reason. City for me as well. Let's get used to it.
1: Manchester City winning games of football. Thanks for joining us here on the Football Writers Podcast.